All right, am I good to go? I am. I can hear it. Good morning. I um, want to start out this morning um, by just doing a little bit of reflecting. Um, I was trying to think about how long Emmanuel's really been kind of a part of my life. If I think about it, it probably goes back to junior high. Um, I grew up in Ames, but I went to Bible camp here. And I know that a lot of uh, people from Emmanuel were part of Riverside, even back when I was in junior high. Um, I know for sure because they had um, some of the um, Christ walks. And I think some of the Christ walks had people from the community. And then uh, kind of growing up, um, I went to camp here and, and then worked at uh, Riverside Bible Camp for six years. And we would come here from time to time. And, and uh, so you, you've been a part of my life for a, for a long time. And then seven years as being a pastor here, and that was uh, influential on my faith walk, too, uh, just being able to serve here and God calling me to be here. Um, but I would like to say this morning, thank you very much for um, the last three years in which uh, the last three years you uh, have been um, encouraging Kim and I and uh, praying for us and supporting us, and I'm just fine. I haven't changed a bit. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so, really, um, I want to say thank you. Uh, thank you for, uh, again, how much you've been a part of Youth for Christ for us for the last three years. And um, you might be wondering, okay, why is he bringing paper clips or clothesline clips and clipping them to his body and... and uh, that's exactly what Brooklyn thought. Um, we were having breakfast club at the high school. And Brooklyn, she, um, it, we, we have it in the cafeteria. There's a room kind of off the major cafeteria that we have our breakfast clubs. And uh, she walked by the door and she saw three kids that had clothes, uh, clothesline pins clipped all over and they did, did a whole lot more than, than what... Uh, than what I uh, did. And when she, she saw that, she, she said, what is going on in here? She just walked right in, and she wears her heart on her sleeve. And uh, what's going on in here? And, um, and then we told her about you know, having the breakfast club, and we're just having a game to see who can clip the most number of pins on their face. And, um, and at, at that point, she was just kind of intrigued with the breakfast club, and then started coming uh, each week to the breakfast club and got involved with it and, um, and then uh, s- summer came and uh, she, be- she, uh, she went to one of our summer camps. Uh, we do a, a, a real extensive summer camp um, where we travel out uh, from a place in, in Minnesota, southern Minnesota. We go to sprint car races, we go to, um, last year we went to the, the Dells. Uh, we've gone to a lot of different places and done a lot of different things. and. At camp, um, we very definitely try to set the week up with sharing the gospel. So the first part of the week uh, starts out with a, um, the messiness of life. We all have messes in our life. Uh, we start by just being open and honest and saying, okay, this is some of what I've gone through in life, as both as staff people and as speakers. And then as the week progresses, then Jesus enters our messiness. And uh, as he enters our messiness, he, he lives with us, he laughs with us, he cries with us, and then he dies for us, for our sins. And so he's very much, very much a part of our messiness and doesn't expect us to be 
perfectly clean for him to be part of that messiness. He's part of our messiness. And so then uh, later in the week, or, uh, then, then we typically have a gospel message, uh, invitation for um, people to come forward and to both receive Christ, but then also just to receive prayer for whatever they might be going through. And that's where Brooklyn, uh, she did give her life to Christ that week and um, changed her life for eternity. And so, um, and, uh, and then after that, she's continued to be involved and um, she's coming to club and, and in fact, she was taking uh, some, she was, she was in choir and during choir, um, she sometimes skipped choir uh, because we had the breakfast club on the same morning that, that she had choir. And uh, she ended up um, skipping some of the classes because she wanted her Jesus. And as, as she stated it, um, you know, I, I need to come um, because I, I need my Jesus. And so for such a young Christian desiring uh, just to be given uh, some, of the, some of the messages that we give. Um, our goal is still to um, help her to, to get into a, a, a local church where she can really grow. Uh, but at this point, she's not ready for that. And partially because her, her folks have not um, committed to going to a church either. So I, I think our prayer is that her, her folks would come next. But it was three years ago that I really started re-looking at my, um, my calling. Um, and I've, I've had calls throughout my life. There was a call to come to Riverside, which is definitely a call. I went there kicking and screaming. I had a summer set up where I was um, gonna be in a good Bible study. I had um, a good job and I had um, a, a girlfriend at the time. Sorry, Kim. <coughs> you're, you're the first. <laughs> Okay, so, um, and everything fell apart. The job went from 40 hours a week to 20 to four hours a week, so I started looking for a job. Uh, girlfriend trashed out, um, the relationship trashed out. <laughs> okay, and, um, and then the, the Bible study ended up not being all, all of that, and so I started looking for a job, and life was kind of at, it was one of those messiness times in life where it was kind of, uh, kind of low. And um, so I ended up um, driving around looking for a job, couldn't find one, couldn't find one. Drove by Riverside, and earlier I'd been given an application to fill out, it was sent in the mail. When I opened it, I ripped it in half accidentally with the letter opener, and I said, I can't send this in, so I never applied. Um, but then I, um, so I stopped about a mile away and, and prayed, and just, Lord, whatever you want. And then went to Riverside and talked to Art Voorhees, and um, Art Voorhees ended up hiring me on the spot. Um, he'd already had some references that told him about me, but um, they, weren't going, they were going to cancel the canoe program that they had with the Eldora Reform School because they didn't have enough guide counselors. And that was, that's what I was interested in, was a canoe, um, canoe program. So uh, the next week, um, I ended up getting two other jobs that I had to say, sorry, no, nope, I've got a job now. And, and ended up having the best summer I'd had in my life um, that first summer at Riverside, followed by five more. And then there were other calls. Um, there was the, the call to go to Africa. Uh, and the, I, I said, oh, I'll never go to Africa. I told that the, the Lord, and, and it's funny how when we tell the Lord that we're not gonna do something, that we end up doing something, like going to Africa. Um, and then later on in life, um, 
quit my engineering job, went to school, became a pastor here, as you all know, um, as, as a calling from God, and then the calling to get out of um, being a pastor. And it felt as much to get out of the pastor, or to, to, to leave you all, um, as it felt to go to, to, um, to seminary. So we ended up going to Lincoln, Nebraska, and working at a hospital there as an engineer. Kim and I kind of call those three years our desert years, because it, uh, it was, we, we, yeah, it was just not fun. Um, maybe because I grew up in Ames and was an Iowa State fan, and, <laughs> and then I was in Lincoln, where the Cornhuskers are. Um, so anyway, um, and then the call back to, um, back to ministry three years ago. So there's been a kind of a call that goes back and forth, and really, um, this morning is about calls and vision. And um, I think that there's calls as individuals, and then there's calls as a corporate body um, for the individuals to get together who are like-minded, to get together and work together and see what we can accomplish uh, that goes way beyond what we can as individuals. But the individual call and the individual vision uh, is just as important. Um, we need to be ready as individuals to listen to that Holy Spirit on a daily basis to be ready, uh, to be ready to, to share his message and, and his love. So let's go ahead and jump into, make sure I've got it all off. Um, that's the microphone, okay. So um, let's go ahead and dive into what the scripture has to say uh, as it relates to vision. And um, the very first one I want to highlight is um, John chapter 14. And John chapter 14, uh, um, most of you will be able to quote, um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And um, just showing the way. And then Jesus goes on to say, don't let your hearts be troubled. Um, actually, it says, uh, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me also. In my Father's house, there's many rooms. And I go to prepare a place for you. So in the midst of the, 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 the struggles, the messiness that the disciples were just to, about to um, walk into because of Jesus's, um, uh, Jesus would be arrested soon after this time, um, he gives them a vision. And that vision is both as individuals and as a corporate body of disciples um, and what to put your trust in. And so then we, we jump to Colossians 3 and Colossians 3, um, the third, uh, starting with the, ver- the very first verse, um, I'd encourage you to memorize the, the, the first three verses of Colossians 3. And if you really um, get energetic, memorize the first 17 verses of Colossians 3. It's really good stuff. And um, the Apostle Paul goes on to say, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. That's our vision. That's what's ahead of us. That's what will get us through the tough times, through the good times. Um, it's, our, it's our vision. It's that place that Jesus is preparing for us. And all of what we do, whether it's um, here in the church or whether it's at home, um, is to further the kingdom and to um, set our hearts and our minds 
on Christ who's seated at the right hand of God. The first three verses are great. The next, um, up through verse 17, or yeah, through verse 17, uh, also really good stuff, and it kind of talks about put to death these actions and clothe yourself with these actions. So put, put to death, therefore, um, uh, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, uh, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and then he goes on to talk about you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, now you must rid yourself of all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, all this messiness, put it to death. And then close yourself as individuals and also as a group. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, uh, self-control. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you might have um, against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and above all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together. And so we have, um, as part of our vision, as part of our um, movement going forward, is putting to death and clothing ourselves and, um, and moving on so that we'll be ready when something happens that you're not expected and we'll be, and we'll be ready as we gather together and formulate a plan to move forward. So then the, uh, the third um, scripture that I had you guys um, read this morning um, is a story of uh, Joseph. And um, you guys all know the story of Joseph and the, the, his coat that he was given to by his dad. Uh, his brothers were jealous of that and jealous of him. And, um, and Joseph very early had a dream. His dream was that his brothers would bow down and, uh, before him. And so he had this dream, this vision, and, um, and then, you know, the rest of the story, the, the brothers end up um, beating him up and throwing him in a, cis- in a cistern. Um, they end up selling him uh, to a caravan passing by. He becomes a slave, rises up in, that, uh, in his position as a slave. Um, and uh, a, um, the wife of his master, uh, of course, kind of liked him. And, uh, you know, the rest of the story, how he ended up in jail then. And then when he's in jail, he interpreted a couple dreams from some of the, the, the other inmates there. Um, that came true. One of them died, and the other one got moved up to the king's palace. And then everybody forgot about Joseph. Um, so I'm wondering if Joseph kind of sat down and planned everything out, you know, maybe in prison or maybe in the, in the cistern, and said, okay, Lord, I'm, first of all, in this vision that you gave me, um, I want to go to seminary. And uh, the Lord says, well, you haven't created seminary yet. That comes in a few hundred years. Um, okay. Then, uh, then he ends up, you know, just going through this life plan that doesn't seem like very much of a plan. Um, just seems like he's given the, the raw end of a deal continuously. All the way up until the, the, the king has a dream and the dreams um, interpreted by Joseph who says, who says it's going to be seven years of uh, famine and then, or excuse me, seven years of, uh, of, of good times, crops will be good, and then seven years of famine. And, um, and the king says, oh, yeah, well, okay, you're in charge. And so he ends up, you know, collecting all the food, um, and then it comes true, just as a dream, just as God spoke, just as God had planned. And so we get to the very end of that part, and we see... Um, Joseph's brothers are now in fear. They're shaking before him because 
their dad has died, and now you know, there's nothing between Joseph and his brothers, and they, they have to come to an accounting, and they bow down, and they are before Joseph, just like his dream. And I love what um, Joseph says to him, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And we see that um, through the scriptures, God was in control. And uh, Joseph was along for the ride. He, he did end up on an individual basis. Um, he, he, he rose um, to, the, to his master's right-hand person uh, because of his character. He had probably put on and clothed himself with the good stuff and had put away the bad stuff. He certainly had a right to be angry at his brothers, but we, we see he put that aside and clothed himself with compassion, which he has for his brothers. And uh, as a result of the big corporate, um, Joseph is in a position where he ends up um, saving many lives. And uh, so there's, there's, it seems like an odd story to be thinking about in terms of vision, but yet at the same time, it is um, a good story that we can learn from. So, um, with Youth for Christ, we have uh, volunteers. And so I'd like to kind of start out by just talking about individual callings. Um, and I'm going to just give a couple, couple people um, that you think about, um, you know, Kurt, you were called to seminary. Um, and, and there's other, others that have been, been called to seminary, and we think about, oh, that's a calling. Um, as individuals, all of us get callings from God, and we need to all be listening um, to those calls from God. Again, Kim, um, she was a stay-at-home mom while we were here. Uh, when we moved out to Lincoln, she was also stayed at home. Um, and it wasn't really until um, about two and a half years ago um, that she, she went back to work. Um, but she also felt called to um, help out volunteering at the breakfast clubs. And what's neat about it is she was in a perfect position as a stay-at-home mom working that way to put her in contact with a lot of the kids um, that, that we end up, that we know right now. So she knew a lot of the kids by name and, and they did hers as she volunteered at the school. She volunteered reading, she volunteered uh, putting backpacks with food in it together, um, just these uh, a plethora of things. She was, I think, involved with kids more than, more than a lot of people are. Um, but now she, knew these, she, she knows these kids by name and can go back years in the relationship, but now she gets to talk about Jesus with them. And so when we have breakfast clubs, we pass out little cards like this. And uh, as the kids come in, we, we stop and we have them read the cards, which is a scripture. Um, in, in this one, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Um, and we gave it out at Easter and passed out a little cross like this. And um, we have a chance to, to, as they come in, this is their password. They simply have to read it. We'd let them in if they didn't read it too, but um, they have them read it. And then at the very end, then it gives um, our volunteers a, a chance to um, just 
echo something back to make it personal, to make eye contact. Uh, and this one was trust Jesus with your life. And I'm sure that Kim did something like that, but probably different, slightly different. Um, and it's interesting, there's kids that collect these cards. And, uh, and, and so um, her calling um, to be involved with the breakfast clubs and to pass out the cards. And of course, then once we get in, then we do some activities, uh, icebreakers, and then um, I typically theme a message around each one of these verses and try to find a short two, three minute long uh, video that, that relates to that verse too. And, um, and then try to get, just get to know the kids. We're trying to get to know their names. We're trying to uh, be able to invite them to, um, to, go, to, to go to church. Um, that's one, one volunteer. There's another um, person, Kurt Potash. He's a dentist in town. Um, that he says, I don't have time to work with the kids. Um, even though in the community, he's got a very, uh, very much a heart for kids. He uh, does teach hockey for, to, to kids. Uh, but he said, I don't, I don't have time and I can't get involved with that. Um, but what I can do is, is support you. And so, um, so he's, he's part of our network and, and supporting us both by prayer and then also financially. And then there's Vern. Vern is, um, I don't know how old he is. He's probably 85, something like that. Um, and he um, is a former Christian um, psychologist. And uh, he... Um, didn't want to be on my board of advisory team. He wanted to work with kids and, uh, and just meet kids and cut up with them. And so his calling is to, to be one of our volunteers. So there's individual, um, in, individual callings. Um, think about right now, um, what is something you know God doesn't want you to do? Think about two things. Um, what is it that God doesn't want you to do because you know he doesn't want to and kind of goes back to you don't want to do it. Um, I always said I'd never go to Africa. Ended up there. I've been there twice now and once for seven months. Um, I ended up saying um, I never want to be a pastor. <laughs> I guess again, maybe I didn't tell you guys that in my, my interview. I don't want to be a pastor, but the Lord... The Lord um, changed my heart and I became a pastor. So what we think we may not want to do as an individual or as a group, maybe we should. Or maybe we should just challenge God and, and to say, I know you don't want me to do this. Do you? And listen to, listen to what, what he has to say. Corporate, um, cor- corporate callings, um, one of the things I love about my job is I get to work with multiple churches in, in Austin. And there's some churches who, who don't want to work with me. That's fine. There's kind of, kind of three camps in, in, in town. There's the, um, the Catholic. Um, I, I respect them. Um, and then there's the more liberal that um, they've made it very clear they don't want to work with me. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with that. And then there's more of a conservative uh, evangelical group. And... Um, it's, it's fun working with them. I get to get into a lot of different churches, um, meet a lot of different people, and, um, and then see how God works together. Um, it's just been interesting how they've accepted me and let me be a part of the community of churches. Um, 
maybe it was that they were looking for a president for the ministerial, and um, I said I'd do it. Maybe that's why they liked me. Um, but some of the things that we've been able to do as a group, as a church, and actually it's with all, all the churches, the ones that don't want to work with me and the Catholic, uh, we started what's called Ruby's Pantry, in which once a month um, people can come to a church um, for, for just $20, um, they'll get about $100 worth of food. And if they don't have the $20, that's irrelevant because we'll come up with a way to pass it out. So all the churches get together, it takes about 80 volunteers um, to pass out this large amount of food. And um, there's, there's over 300 um, units, individuals and families um, that are part of this, this program to receive food. And it's just neat watching the, the body of Christ working together. And so there's a corporate calling that we have. Um, and how do you know if you're doing God's calling? And Kim and I had a conversation about that driving down uh, from, from Austin yesterday. And, and she said, you'll, you'll know because it will feel right. And um, after you're done, you'll be invigorated, you'll be passionate about what you're doing, um, and it, it'll, it'll feel good. I do have to challenge that in light of Joseph. Yeah, it feels right being in this cistern. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was, he was definitely very uncomfortable. And, but at the very end, think about how fulfilling it is to save as many people as he saved. And then to give the brothers a promise, God's going to take care of you. I'm dying, but God's going to take care of you. And, and the, the vision, it moves on. So um, what's been happening with uh, Youth for Christ? And um, well, first of all, there's, there's a family. I do, um, Corey's on the, on the left there. I'm still taller than him. Um, Rachel and, and, and Kim are about the same height. Um, I haven't changed. Uh, I'm still the same height. I'm probably gonna be shrinking too. What I'd really love to do with that picture is Photoshop out my dog. And uh, if, you, if you look at me closely, you'll see little marks all over my glasses. And uh, he got a hold of my glasses and chewed them up. And um, so I, um, he, and my, I did have a couple of backup pairs of, of glasses um, that were bifocals. That's the key, these are bifocals uh, that he had chewed up months earlier, um, along with two wallets and a cell phone. But. <clears throat> So I've got these little marks all over here, and so I, I, it's just really fun looking around and you see these, everything's blurry. Uh, especially fun being in Clark and Julie's last night. She's got little sparkly ceilings. Boy, it was a light show in there with these glasses. Um, so I'd like to Photoshop him out. And Rachel, um, the one on the right right there, um, she's um, doing well. Uh, she's diver. Uh, plays in the um, orchestra, um, she plays violin, uh, also does a really good job with um, schoolwork and just a, a really good, good girl. She would have been here along with Corey, um, except yesterday Rachel came down with um, a sore throat, and uh, actually Friday, and, and then yesterday she did end up having sniffles, um, and so we said, nope, you're not going, and so I spared you all from that, and Corey's at home taking care of the dog that I'd like to Photoshop out of this one, too. <laughs> so Corey is a um, cross-country runner. 
that's up in Duluth. Um, it was a, a nice, sunshiny, warm day. <laughs> Actually, it was very wet and very cold, and, um, but he had a good time with that. Um, he also plays violin, um, really good at math. He was taking some University of Minnesota classes last year. Um, that was just overwhelming him. So this year, he's just being a kid. Um, junior in high school, Rachel's a freshman. Anyway, um, moving on to, um, this is our breakfast club. Um, this is where we meet in the um, back half of the gymnasium that's right next to their um, cafeteria. So the kids grab their food, they come back here. Um, we have a good number, probably 90% um, that are non-Caucasian. Non um, and so we're reaching out to uh, mostly refugees who have come from um, Somalia and Sudan and um, Ethiopia and Kenya. Um, but we also have a very strong Hispanic population that's in town, plus a very uh, Asian population. Uh, so we have a very diverse community and it's interesting how, um, how, how the Lord is blessing us with um, kids from all nations um, in, in spite of the fact that I'm like Kim is white, all my volunteers are, uh, we're all old <laughs> and uh, none of us are in our 20s. So Kim, Kim may, well no, she's not in her 20s. <laughs> Um, but this is, um, this is how the Lord's working with us again, um, just blessing us. Each, each week we have about 60 kids who come. And uh, of these kids, half of them um, go to church somewhere in town. The other half don't. Um, it's not uncommon to be introduced to a new child who says, my mom and dad are both atheists, um, but I have a Bible. Oh, really? And then the next week he says, Here's my Bible, and he reaches into his backpack and he pulls out this King James Version uh, with the red letters. And he says, the red letters, that's Jesus speaking. And uh, I was like, that's cool. And, uh, you know, are, are you reading it? And, well, not, not really. Well, let me show you where to start in the book of John. Uh, start reading there and then Matthew, Mark, and Luke and the rest of the New Testament. And it's just an opportunity to, um, I don't, I'm, I'm hope, hoping that Charlie will, will end up coming to the Lord. Um, I'm going to tell another story downstairs um, about a boy named um, Dakota and uh, his, his journey that was not so much unlike Charlie's that started that way, uh, but has since taken a, quite a turn. And so um, that's some of what we're doing right now is, is we're working, um, and that was kind of part of the, the plan. Uh, first of all, we get our, our feet in the doors, so we're, we've got a breakfast club at the high school. and then one at the middle school. Um, but also part of our plan is to have small groups. Um, so we have uh, small groups that are kind of themed around different topics. We have a pizza club, and then we also have a fishing club. And um, it's, I just take the kids out fishing. And then we work on scripture, and if they memorize a certain portion of scripture, uh, they get a brand new uh, fishing lure. And some of the kids are just eating that up. Um, and then, so we, we talk about Jesus, we go down by the shore, I kind of stack the deck. Um, we, we are fishing on a private quarry that has some of the best bluegill, uh, crappie, and walleye that, in the state. 
Uh, the, the, the quarry is not fished that much and it's managed well. And we get to go catch them and then we have a shore lunch. And uh, so the, the kids are, are coming to that. So that's um, some of what we're having. Um, but the Lord has really um, expanded our boundaries recently. And um, a year and a half ago, we were asked to, or there was a church, a Church of Christ. They wanted to donate the church to us. Um, they had 12 members um, a year and a half ago. They're now down to eight members. And um, the last one that was working retired a couple months ago. And so they were kind of just getting tired. They didn't want to deal with the church. They uh, lost their pastor. Um, I was doing some pulpit supply for them. And they wanted to give us a building. Um, and then there was one, one of the members of the congregation who said, and you can have $70,000. And uh, we couldn't come up to, um, so we had a banquet, and we just weren't there financially where we could support that building. And uh, there were some other clauses that um, were just making this questionable. So I was driving around, and uh, just kind of praying, driving around the high school. And this is a high school right here. And... Um, so I was driving around the high school and I kept hearing from the Lord, closer. And I'm thinking, well, Lord, the, the church is you know, a block and a half away. That's close. And I kept hearing closer. So I kept driving around and I drove by this, bil- by, um, this building right here. It had a for sale sign on it. And drove around to the other side of the school. There was another building for sale. Um, the other one was kind of a quaint little house, uh, brick house. And, uh, probably would have been too small. This one's 5,000 square feet. And long story short, September, um, that building was given to us by a man, a man named Ken Schmidt. And um, he had originally bought it five years ago uh, to flip it. He wanted to turn around and get another business in there and make some money on it. And uh, so for five years, that sat empty. And to get it ready for the next uh, tenant, they gutted the whole building. Um, no electricity, no plumbing, uh, no tiles, no um, drop-down ceiling. They took it all out. So there was one bathroom and one uh, two-plex outlet for electricity. <laughs> so, it, um, so it sat for five, uh, five years. And uh, then Ken um, ended up giving it to us. There were some changes in his life where he uh, was looking a little, he was having some health issues and looking a little closer to the place that Jesus is preparing for him. And uh, so he said, you guys can have the building. Which was great because nobody wanted to move into it because it's right next to the high school. And uh, being right next to the high school, the parking was, was very slim and there was all kinds of high schoolers that were parking in front of it. And so nobody wanted it. And again, right next to the house, high school. So that's a high school. Kurt is sitting where our building is. And we overlook uh, this courtyard, which is a drop-off for um, school buses. And uh, a lot of kids get dropped off right there. And so the Lord blessed us with that building. And so we're now in the process of taking that building and taking it from being gutted and turning it into a drop-in center. At the drop-in center, um, if you can see the picture in the far, um, those are four by eight sheets of, of, uh, of uh, drywall. I had an artist go through there and, and kind of paint or draw out what we plan on doing with the, with the building. So what we'd like to have a coffee house and kind of a kitchen area, uh, a game area and another room that's um, of the 5,000 square feet. 
and in the basement have a, um, a youth resource center where we would have uh, information about um, teen pregnancies and suicide and drugs and uh, down there along with uh, clothes that kids can take home, especially clothes uh, for interviewing, um, but then also food, food that they can take home. And so each day we'll, we'll serve food, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll leave Wednesday alone because that's when our churches typically have something going on. And um, just have a place for kids from 3 o'clock until 5.30 or 6 uh, to hang out in, in a, a place that's safe, a place that's free from bullying and drugs and, um, and outside influences and a place where they can study and then also get into small groups and we'll have a daily life message each day similar to the ones with the cards that I was showing you earlier. So that's uh, currently where, the, you know, where we've been for the last almost three years, currently where we're at. Um, in the future, uh, once we kind of get this settled, uh, once, once I've got a, a, another staff person to be able to um, work with the volunteers uh, to do the after-school program, uh, then I'd like to expand out. There's five more high schools in the Mauer County that I'd like to get into and, and have breakfast club and be able to invite them to a, a place like this. Um, so that, that's part of the last time I was here was just to share a vision about uh, where, we were, where we were going to be going. And it's interesting how the Lord has, has provided. A um, couple other side notes. We talk about a calling for ourselves. Um, I think about this building that the Lord has a, had a calling for that building. Sounds weird. I don't know if the Lord calls our buildings to. <laughs> but he's, he certainly provided... Um, at the same time that, that, that the Church of Christ, um, at the same time that I was taking possession of this, they sold their, their church to a Hispanic community, um, which that church really needed a congregation, um, needed a fellowship hall, needed a sanctuary, needed a place to marry, bury, baptize. And so um, at the same time I was closing, they were closing, and, um, and so the person who had donated the $70,000 said, okay, you're not going to take the Church of Christ. Um, but she did end up saying, you can still have the $70,000, but you have to make, make it matching funds. And so we made it matching funds. Um, and we've, we've uh, oh, it was two weeks ago that I um, sent a check in that, that reached that 140. Um, so we, we've matched the 70,000, so we have another 70,000. Uh, which we're praising God for that. Um, so we're a good ways down the road towards um, our, our budget for the renovation of this building is, is uh, 250,000, a quarter, quarter of a million. So we're, we're moving um, down, the, down the road. Um, so I was going to have a nice little illustration that as I'm up here um, and looking at the clock, I'm not going to do it. Um, but I am going to... <laughs> improvise a little bit. Um, picture this rope right here being a timeline. And um, um, in, the, in the timeline, this is where we're at right now. There's five little uh, pieces of tape on there, different colors, 50 years. Think about that being 50 years. And, um, and that's um, how old some of us are. Some of us are getting closer, closer to twice that. Um, and then compare that to eternity. Say the rest of this is eternity, and 
Yeah, it actually worked pretty well. I didn't think it would work that well. <laughs> Eternity is this rope going not only right here, but out that door, and then um, across town to the west edge of town, going to Nebraska, um, poor, poor rope, um, and keeps on going down and goes to China and then Europe and then comes back around and comes in that door. That's a start to what eternity is. Now go around again and again until the world looks like this great big ball of yarn. That's eternity compared to our life here. And what we're asked right here is to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. This is gonna perish. This is gonna go on forever. So what we do um, to, to, to uh, put to death uh, the things of the world, and to put on the compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, the things of above. So we need to take and consider our call. Uh, what does the Lord really want us to do as individuals, and how does that fit here? And then as, a, as an individual, but then not just an individual, but also as a, as a corporate, as a, as a body of Christ, you know, what, what do we do together to reach out in this little bitty time that we have that'll last forever? Um, so my challenge today is to consider your call. And it sounds like as a, as a group, you are doing that. I love the, the message. Of, it would have been nice to see Pastor Anderson last week and the McDermott's next week. And as individuals, consider your call. And maybe your call is to volunteer somewhere. Maybe you don't have the time, and um, maybe your call is to support in a different way. Um, what I would really covet from you all is to um, consider part of your call just praying for Kim and I. Um, there's a little, lot of little cards out in the, on the table out there, uh, just a picture of, of, my, of, of us um, and some, some simple prayer requests. Um, but it's interesting how we've been attacked um, we did have the Freedom From Religion group uh, file a complaint against us. We're still there. So, um, and they've stopped complaining because we were doing things right. It's legal to be in a school. It's legal to have a breakfast club where you're talking about Jesus. Um, there's some boundaries. Um, so if you're considering reaching out to youth, which is what I do, um, there's a chapter of uh, Youth for Christ in, in Des Moines that I consider, you might want to consider um, re, uh, maybe, maybe trying to realize their method of getting into the schools. I can help you out with that too, or, or at least point you to people in Minnesota for that. Um, but the, the Satan attacks. He's attacked us as volunteers, as staff. Pray for our protection. Uh, again, they've attacked kids too. Um, and then also, um, just for everything to come together with the building and moving forward. Um, so please feel free to grab one of those. Um, if you want and, and you want to grab one of those, there's some, some out on the table there too. I also have the very first letter, newsletter that we uh, put together out there. So if you missed that one, you're welcome to, to, um, to, to get one of those. Um, but continue your, your prayers. Uh, your support and your encouragement. Um, it was really encouraging for Andrew and Kirk to, 
to come up and to visit and to take interest in what we're doing up there. And that was fun. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you died for our sins, that you rose, that you give us the path to eternity. Thank you for the place that you prepare for us as we put our trust in you. And uh, Lord, we look forward to that. May that vision of you preparing and you being at the right hand of God direct our paths here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen.